and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, guys, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. I am here in my office recording. Um... Megan, how are you? And more importantly, where are you? Hey guys, um, I have set up a temporary podcast studio in my car because my house is torn to shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you guys because obviously we do the... um, we record the audio separately, but we have the conversation over Skype so that we know what the other person's saying because that's really helpful in a podcast with two people. (laughs) And I am looking at Reagan in like her car leaning on her door while i can only imagine that her laptop is on your passenger seat it is it's on a basket in my passenger seat my mixer is on my front dash and i'm holding the microphone being lit by my ipad now listen if that is not dedication to the cause then i don't fucking know what is because let me tell you i've had a hell of a week you've had a hell of a week and we are still here it's almost like this is our little tiny piece of sanctuary it 100 percent is it's like my weekly therapy session where i can talk about bullshit shows which are awesome and i get to talk to you which is fantastic and yeah Um, Those of you who want to see what we look like, you can always head over to YouTube because we also record the video of these chats. So head on over there. You can see what we both look like, me in my car and Kat in her beautiful office. To be fair, I mean, listen, I actually do look pretty fit today. I'm going to be honest. You do? I do. I look a wreck. It's because I've been filming um, (laughs) for my School of Moxie course which launches on mondays nothing like a fucking deadline to get you no everybody should go check it out so i have uh, been a full face of makeup today uh so that's why i look i look all right because normally i'm like mum bun and fucking yesterday's mascara but i just cannot tell you how impressed i am that you have set up your studio in your car you're like hobo podcast right now i'm a hobo podcaster right now um but apparently um Jimmy oh god says did i just make a homeless joke fuck oh. oh fuck i mean listen yeah oh well let's move on it's done now yeah Obviously, no i'm a rogue you know Let, let's correct it i'm a rogue podcaster let's do that podcasting from my car <laughs> in the garage hopefully i don't pass out good thing it's not hot Good thing. Yeah, let's let's make sure that we leave a battery. Uh, let's make sure we leave a window open and some water for you yes. just in case. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, it's been a week. Um, let's get on to the shows, though, because we've got three shows with... Three shows! Keeping up with Kardashians sliding into the lineup this week. It's back, baby. It's back. And this is the penultimate season of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. They will be stopping after the next season so um i have to say you know i am gonna miss them i have always loved the kardashians as a show for sure um i'm gonna miss that they're not gonna be around in i mean by 2022 who knows maybe they'll be yeah something else that i can get on board with but i i think it's i do think it's time to recognize the end of of an era they kind of invented reality i mean paris hilton invented it but they really fucking ran with it Well, it's interesting because, like, I feel reality TV really started more with, like, the real world series on HBO, which was kind of before, or not HBO, on MTV. MTV. Um, But I think you're right. I think then Paris Hilton and Nikki kind of made it something different. And then the Kardashians came very quickly after that. And they've really, they made it something totally different. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've also made social media something very different. I mean, they've touched on some very, they've revolutionized some very interesting things and the way to make money and the way to make jobs through a lot of different mediums that had never been done before. Well, they've blazed the trail and like, like, like it or not. And I don't say that as in fuck you if you don't like it. I mean, genuinely like it or not. It, they made this happen. They really were the four, the kind of the forefathers, if you like, of influencing and reality TV. Yeah. In fact, funnily enough, I've just watched, uh, which I messaged you about last night. I've just watched yeah. the Paris Hilton documentary that's on YouTube. They've released it on YouTube. Ooh. 
like we are definitely 100% doing a minisode on that and it may be that it's Perfect. only for patreon because it's just too it's so good it's so good Ooh. i can't Ooh, wait i can't wait i can't wait either I'll, I'll watch it um listen before we get into the shows though i am gonna say please please if you can take some time to review and rate the podcast it really makes all the difference and it's the only it's literally the only thing that makes the difference so yeah if you're listening and you like us, then please rate and review us. It really does. It really, really helps. And we're really appreciative. And every time we get one, we do a little happy dance as well. We do. And we love reading them to each other as well. So, you know, we just, I don't know. It's nice to hear what you guys think. So pop that in there. I um, want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Now, listen, let's, let's do our first show, shall we? Okay. We shall. We shall. Um, Real Housewives of Potomac. And this, like, oh. it's the show that keeps on giving as far as I'm oh concerned. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, from the very, very first episode. We're now on episode seven. It hasn't faltered in the least. It hasn't felt drawn out in the least. Very interesting stuff coming up at this show. So we pick up on this episode where we left off with the other, which was Candace being given this bombshell of a text from a credible source that says Michael yeah. was in a strip club asking for like a hotel to take a girl back to blah, 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 blah. So, like standard Michael. And Candace didn't yeah. really know what to do with it. So she goes to Giselle and we pick up in this kind of the middle of this dinner. And I have to say... There was part of me last episode that really felt like Candace was going to think it was a good idea to bring this up at the table. And thank I God was so worried about for that. Giselle. Yes. Yes. Giselle. Because I, I feel like, is, did Giselle speak up and be like, why don't the three of us have a conversation? She did. Which is 100% the correct way to handle this, regardless of what Monique thinks. Well... I- we're going to come on to Monique. But yeah. also, I think it's, <laughs> I think this could happen a lot more in the housewives thing. I think there are certain things that they, that a lot of them could say, I'm going to pull her aside and talk about this. Yeah. And I genuinely thought this was going to be a, exp- another explosive dinner for Ashley the night after the one with Wendy and that it was all going to hit the fan. And big respect to Giselle for treating this like a grown up and recognizing yes. that this needed handling sensitively. And they came, I felt everybody came to that conversation, like leading with love, care, and honesty. Yeah, because they had to set, they had to tell her because you're between a rock and a hard, this isn't, we have to remember, we can't necessarily, we can't necessarily relate this to our own lives because we're not being followed around by cameras. So like I might get a text about a friend of mine and her husband and whatever, and I may just decide because of who it came from. What are you doing here? (laughs) Sorry, I just got completely kid bombed. No, not now. I love you, but go downstairs. I'm really sorry, everybody. That's what happens when you try and work with kids. Just wait a second. I now need to shut the door. We'll come back. Now you've just seen an element of my parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Where was I? Um, where, Where was I? I don't know. I got... Oh, well, okay. So we were talking about, we don't have cameras following us around. So sometimes you could get a text oh, yeah. and not have to like address it. So sometimes it. I could get a text and I could decide that the credi- the source wasn't credible or that it felt like it, do you know what I mean? And I could go, yeah, do you know yeah. what? Like, all oh, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. I don't even need to bring it up. If I'd been on camera yeah. and this shit came in and they were going to see me six months down the line getting this text and not saying anything, that's a whole different decision to make, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I get why they had to do it. And I think, like you say, they came to this conversation, all of them, just knowing that there needed to be an exchange of information and that there wasn't judgment, there wasn't an opinion. It was, this is what I've heard. I think that you should know. Yeah. And I love how Ashley took it. Ashley took it exactly in the way that it was meant to be given in a way, right? I love that Candace was very open about it, handed her her phone and was just like, scroll through, you know, she is a credible source. I, I, I want to be like the last person to ever give you yeah. this information, but here it is. Um, and I think Ashley, to her credit, takes it really well. Again, I think she's just showing real grace in difficult situations. Yes. And this is another example of that. But my heart 
breaks for her because oh i can't i mean you know my husband yeah a scenario like this is like never ever going to happen with my husband but i also know how i felt when my kid was 12 weeks old and if that sort of shit is something that i'd have had to deal with i know it would have broken me hell yeah that's such a vulnerable place to be and like the one person who really has like seen you through all of the shit you've just gone through having a baby and dealing with postpartum depression and all the bad feelings and you know, the hard, hard time that those first months are should not be the one causing shit for you. And also though, it really impedes your decision-making process as well, because imagine she didn't have a three month old and this right. she'd be like, you know what? I'm fucking done. Fuck off. Yeah. It's a lot more difficult to be able to make that decision, even though that's still probably the right decision. Making that jump when you have a 12-week-old baby is awful. And she's just trapped in this impossible situation. And it breaks my heart because, like I say, she's, she's shown nothing but grace. And I just feel so bad for her. Yeah, she's like the last person that, I mean, nobody should ever have to have this happen to them. But she has grown so much and has just, I don't know, I feel like she's improved all of these other relationships in her life, like, you know, mending things with Candace, really trying to be open and honest and, you know, stating her truth, but not being mean about things. And for this dude to just do this shit to her, just, it, it breaks my heart. And it, and it breaks my heart seeing this because obviously this was taped a long time ago and seeing Ashley's pregnant, you know, like she's yeah. pregnant again on Instagram in real life. So it's like, you know how this is going to go. Like he's going to explain it away. She is going to stay. And again, like n- no judgment. Like no. you need to do what you need to do for you and your family. But I just feel like sh- she needs a more supportive partner who's willing to not do this shit. A hundred percent. And she's openly said, I'm dealing with postpartum depression. And, oh, I mean, that's just so incredibly difficult. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know she takes him to task, but like you say, she's pregnant again. So we all know how this ends. Um, Right. I mean, another person who frankly is behaving badly, not as badly as, you know, Michael Darby, but pretty yeah. fucking badly is Monique. Oh my God. If I had to hear her fucking whine about the stupid special fire pit time one more time, <laughs> I was going to lose my shit. I mean, listen, I'm going to say this. Her behavior is shocking. She is off the reservation. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. She is. Her behavior. She's losing it. Her behavior is shocking. She is really struggling. I think somehow you can tell that there's real control issues at play. And that's always a symptom of some kind of anxiety that's going on. But that being said, the way she is with everybody is really uncomfortable. Yeah, it does not look like a fun time. No, it does not look like a fun time. And it's like, <laughs> she's a bit like Monica, but without the kind of cheesy sitcom comedy. She's yeah, like, yeah. you will have fucking fun. And it's like, <laughs> we're literally just having conversation and then we're going to come out. Like, it's fine. Because I think well, part of being a host is also letting people do their thing too. Absolutely. And she's so paranoid about Candace talking shit about her. Like, it wasn't about you, lady. It's not about you. No, but it makes me feel, it makes me feel like there might be some truth to the rumors. And that, like, she is ultra defensive, super spiky about it. And I get that, like, if you're, it just, she just feels guilt. She feels a bit guilty about it. And I don't care. Like, I don't care if she's had a fling and they've worked it out and moved past it, then that's their business. All power to them. I, there is no judgment here. But the way that she's behaving makes me feel like there is more to it than she's right. letting on. And I and I think maybe the burden of carrying that seems to be at play here. Plus, I think she's still got a nine-month-old and that it it's not easy. And she's got two other no. kids and a fucking bird. Oh, my gosh. That bird. That bird is like a symbol of everything that 
can go wrong when you have a baby, like when you have a new baby and you're trying to get like your routines back in place. I don't care if it's your first baby, your second baby, your third baby, your 15th baby. It's always a fucking struggle to add somebody new to the mix with all new routines. And then you have a fucking bird. But I like think she's this got is, four children essentially. Well, and I almost think this is like a symptom of the crazy that's going on. I feel it's like the bird is almost the one person that she can totally trust and rely on. Like I think that's, yeah, and talk to. It's like her comfort blanket right now, right? I, she, yeah, she is literally this bird is her priority, and I see her with the bird way more than I see her with her baby. And again, I'm not yeah. mum shaming her at all because. It, it, you do you, but it seems strange that this bird never leaves her side. And this bird is a handful. It's not like a dog oh. that you can just pick up and throw out in the garden to go for. A, I mean, she has to fucking put it on the toilet. She's got the stuff she takes for the bird. She might as well be bringing a baby. A hundred percent. And I love that. Like when the husbands get there, Chris obviously fucking hates this bird. <laughs> yeah. And he and the bird. And maybe hates that's him. why she had to bring it because the bird would die if she left it at home. <laughs> or oh, fly yeah. out the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. Chris would be like, I don't know what happened. I, I just turned my back and it was gone. It flew away. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, T'Challa. Oh, um, but while we are there, let's talk about Karen, though, getting absolutely hammered. Drunk Karen looks like so much fun. And she finally like lets down her guard, stops being la dame and like talks truth about like her marriage and her feelings. And I am here for drunk Karen. Me too. And I, I, and you know what? I get it. She's non-drunk Karen is very much like I'm trying to support him and he's struggling with me being kind of doing my thing. But drunk Karen is, I resent that he is not there for me supporting me when I have been there supporting him. And I get that. That makes Hell yeah. absolute 100% sense. When he got himself into all that hot water over taxes, she helped him out financially. She stuck the fuck by him and stuck to the party mm-hmm. line and didn't question anything. And now that she is doing something, she feels like Ray's not supporting her. And I think that's legit. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I I feel Karen's pain. Like, I, I think she's had enough of not being supported. And after she has been his rock and his support system for so many years through so many things, she just wants him to do the same to her. And that doesn't seem to be happening. Well, I feel like women in general... And I, and I don't want to kind of be reductionist about it, but I feel like women... Yeah. A lot of women in general feel a similar thing like they feel that especially if they're stay-at-home moms or whatever they sometimes feel like they're the rock right they're the one that's supporting the husband doing his thing and it's not just about bringing in the money because often at times it's about supporting your husband as he flies through his career right as he becomes an expert as he becomes well respected and out there and known and I think a lot of women can relate to the idea that sometimes there comes a point where you feel like you've done that and you need a little bit of that back. Hell yeah. And you kind of deserve it. I mean, especially if you look at the age difference between them, because if you really think about like Karen's earning potential as like a working adult, she stayed home the whole time. She took care of the kids. She supported him. She did all that. Well, now that he's of age of retirement, she still has like earning time left for her. And, you know, when you start looking at retirement and how costly it is to, you know, keep you going for the rest of your life without a job, it's in their best interest for Karen to still be earning while she can. But that takes a full like role reversal shift with them. And that's probably where he is really uncomfortable because now she kind of has the power in the relationship, right? Yeah. And also, I think it's obviously a generational thing as well. I think, you know, even in our situation, it's taken a little bit of a tug and a pull to kind of get that happening. And it's great and it's there and it's perfect. And thank God my husband is as open-minded and forward-thinking and supportive as he is. But if my husband was in his 70s, you know, I don't know if it's as possible as Karen hopes it is, but it was it was fun to see her drunk um, and not just like a little bit drunk, but absolutely no, she fucking blackout. Wasted. She was wasted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that she wanted to admit it in the morning. I hate people like that. 
Oh my gosh. And she was so mean to Robin the next day. So mean. I was like, fuck, man. You're like the worst hungover person ever. Like you're a sanctimonious bitch hungover. Just go to bed and eat cheeseburgers. So the thing that I really hate is when people get absolutely wasted and then the next morning they deny it ever happened. You know, when people are like, you know, when you come downstairs and people are like, oh, how do you feel today? They're like, fine. I feel fine. I feel fine. As if like they didn't just drink a whole bottle of Fireball the night before. I know. I am in 100% agreement with you. She is like the worst hungover person I've ever met. Like she's sanctimonious. (laughs) She's fucking mean. And it's just like, dude, just lay in bed, eat some greasy food, be normal, or just come down and be like, I'm so fucking hungover. Well, that's our vibe, right? I just don't understand why people get up. Why waste makeup on a hangover day like that? Like, you just know that that makeup is going to slide off your face as the alcohol seeps through your pores. If if I was Karen, I would have literally slid headfirst down the stairs that morning with a mum bun (laughs) in tracksuit bottoms, expecting some sort of food to be thrown in my mouth. As I landed. Like, that's the only way that I can cope. And I feel like unless your friends turn up in the morning with 17 McDonald's hash browns and a can and a massive like cup of Sprite, then they're not really friends. No, I totally agree. If you do not have hangover food prepared on like a drunken girls weekend, you're not my friend. Me neither. You are not our people. No. If you are the kind of person that gets hung over and thinks, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking put some slap on and contour this right. We are not. Fuck you. We are, we are not your people. No, no. We, we all cannot be hung over together. Our no. hangovers look very different. I need sugar, salt, and carbs in that yes. order really quickly. That's all I, I mean, need. I feel that's what they would prescribe for you at a hospital. If you came in hungover, yes. they'd give you a giant Coke Zero, <laughs> a breakfast sandwich from the American McDonald's, which are so different from the UK it's McDonald's. True. They're much It's better. a whole thing. Um, yeah. And like TV. And TV. Well, you I think that's what's in iPad. a banana bag, right? You yeah, know, when, exactly. I think that's essentially what's in a banana bag, Coke Zero and a McDonald's breakfast sandwich. <laughs> I think that's what's in there. They say that Absolutely. it's like... They say that it's like, you know, saline and just rehydration salts, but I think it isn't. I think it's Coke Zero and a fucking McDonald's breakfast. A hundred percent. Anyway, the next next day, all the husbands arrive except Michael. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been awkward. Wouldn't it just? Uh, Isn't he still in a hotel room? Shagging someone. Oh, he is. Um, yeah. Oh. But Chris is the first to arrive who basically keeps himself to himself until his other boys arrive. But I think it's quite an interesting dynamic shift when the boys get here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the men. I think they all just are cool. How did you feel about Chris's impression of Monique? Um, that was probably ill thought out. <laughs> <laughs> On your wife's birthday. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I, I know, right? Like, I mean, I get that they were all kind of roasting their wives fine. But mm, yeah, I, you I took definitely it there, Chris. feel that Chris, Chris is feeling some sexual frustration. But rather than handle it like a kind of grown up, he right. seems to have turned into a 13 year old boy. Or like a frat boy, like a college frat yeah. boy. That's what sexy. would happen at a frat party. Yeah. Not it's like. Not... It's no. just poor form. It is it's poor, poor form. form. <laughs> I think I might have shoved that champagne bottle down his throat, to be honest. Or up his um, ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he's really that sexually frustrated, maybe he'd enjoy it. Right? Listen, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and then they all leave. And I mean, I have to say, it's been quite a dull weekend, hasn't it? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I would have had to be like Karen level drunk the entire time. Well, we would have been. Yeah. I mean, let's be fair. It would like, have been fun. You know how that weekend would have rolled for us. We would have rocked up through the door. We would have cracked a bottle of champagne, maybe a vodka tonic. Then yeah. we would have moved on to wine. I mean, we would have been shit-faced the whole time. But it did feel like it was a dull weekend. And then for Monique to fall asleep at the end. I 100% think she was fake fucking sleeping just so she wouldn't have to talk to Candace. I mean, I agree, but I also... I know how that hungover feels. Yeah. But she stayed awake for everybody else. She did. Um, 
And I'm team Candice right now. I really am. I, and yeah. I think even Candice handles it with grace again. She's like, I'm not going to wake her. Thank you, Chris, for a lovely weekend and for opening your home. And we're going to leave. I think Candice can't wait to get out of that house. And I don't oh. blame her. No, no. I think that weekend was a dud. I, I can't imagine anybody wanting that weekend for their birthday. No, it all just seemed a bit oh. weird. Like I would have thought that when the boys arrived... I know that Chris was supposed to cook and they had kept, but I would have thought there would have been like a table laid or a lunch or like, this is Monique. Do you know what I mean? This isn't like, I just, I don't know. I didn't buy it. And I don't know whether the girls did what we often do, which is like ruin it because they got too fucking hammered the night before because they peaked too soon. I mean, that's (laughs) like classic Kat and Reagan behavior. 100%. But um, I don't know. It all felt a little bit out of whack. Monique feels a little bit out of whack. I think something's gonna kick off yeah a hundred percent and i think we've seen previews that it will and i think it's happening in the next couple of episodes so well there's definitely something coming because at the end of this episode just before we leave and move on to below deck um yeah as if the text from the woman in the strip club wasn't enough then up pops all these pictures of michael in his grundies in a hotel room Taken from behind. So obviously the woman is still in the bed. Well, that's the thing, right? Like who the fuck is taking that picture? He's in the room in his underwear with another woman. And this is what I said to you in the meeting we had beforehand. Yeah. Even if all of this behavior of Michael's makes sense relatively to Ashley within their relationship, like this is kind of what happens. This is nothing new. I'm okay with this level of fuckery. Right. Surely there is a part of her, and I say this with love and respect for Ashley because you know I love that girl. Absolutely. But surely there is a part of her that looks around all the other husbands that managed to not be in the papers in their underwear, that managed to not have text sent to them about the fact that they were in strip clubs, and and for her to go, hang on a minute, I call bullshit. Well, and it's not fucking new. Like, we dealt with this all last season. Like, Michael's inappropriate sexual whatever. And, like, she stood by him, and apparently none of that was true. And that's fine. Like, I was willing to be like, okay, maybe some lines got crossed, but no, but nothing really happened, but it was, it was shady. Fine. But what the fuck, man? Like, how long can everybody else be wrong? Yeah. And but and yet I feel for her because she's yeah, she's in such a vulnerable position and she's enabling it by just explaining it away or being yeah. willing to just walk like turn a blind eye. And she's not doing that because she's an idiot. She's doing it because she's vulnerable. She's doing it because she's got this young baby. Like, what are her fucking options? And that yeah. makes me mad because I think I genuinely believe Michael is playing on that shit. I think he knows that she is reliant on him and i think 100 is exploiting it and it's fucking abuse it's abusive and it's disgusting and he needs to oh god i can't bear him no i 100 percent agree with every point you've just made he is taking full advantage of the situation right now and i mean i, I don't even want to hear what he has to say about it i mean i do because i'm curious but like there's just no fucking excuse no no, there like, isn't. and even the way he speaks to her in the ugh. episodes before, like, can we just fucking get on with it? I've got to get back to fucking work. Right. You're buying or, shit for your baby. Like, or fuck. even just the fact that he was like, you know, he's too young to be left alone. You have to take the baby. Ugh. Like, fuck off, dude. It's, it's worrying. And there's almost part of me that's like, isn't there some responsibility? I mean, I know there isn't, I know there's, but I feel like if I was Bravo, if I was a producer and I was, because you know that the producers are seeing more than we see. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you feel some sort of responsibility to be like, this is a really fucking toxic relationship? Like, yeah. Like, oh, hey, babe, look at the stuff we haven't put in. We'll show you. Yeah. And I'm not blaming Bravo either. because This is what everybody signed up for, but it must be fucking awful to have to sit and film that dynamic all the time. Yeah, let alone yeah. live it and be Ashley. Oh, anyway. he's just such a dick. I mean, ultimately, the onus is purely on Michael to like stop his despicable behavior. Yeah, and like honestly, if you want to fuck around, then end your end your relationship and go fuck around and do whatever you want. 
Well, this is what baffles me. He clearly doesn't have much affection for the baby. He right. clearly has zero respect for Ashley. All he wants to do is be in strip clubs and fuck. Like, go do why, it. What is, why the fuck not? Why just go do that? Go sleep with whoever you want. I don't care whether you sleep with a man or a woman or a fucking alien from the third galaxy. I don't give yeah. a shit, but just don't drag a really lovely vulnerable fucking woman down with you it's not fucking okay no it's cruel and like it's not like we live in like the 1940s or whatever and that kind of lifestyle isn't acceptable for single men like you can end this relationship and go do whatever the fuck you want and nobody gives a shit and you wouldn't be on the show anymore so like it wouldn't be everywhere yeah no i I 100 percent agree and i think it's dark i think it's dark but I mean... Oh, he makes me mad. Me too. Um, Let's... I was going to say let's move on to happier things, but Below Deck, Med, was drama-filled and also pretty emotionally over it too. But we'll do that in a minute. But let's pause for this particular (laughs) advert. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new patreon account woohoo it's all the extra content that is not only about reality tv but all the other tv that we happen to be watching and if that wasn't cool enough we also give away a little bit more about ourselves so there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better so head on over to patreon.com search for tv my husband hates and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee or a glass of wine whatever you choose Okay. I mean, I can only hope that Jimmy did some wonders with that editing because Lord knows I fucked that segue up. Listen, I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't know what Jimmy's managed to do with this editing, but if you are listening to a show that fe- that seems even halfway seamless, then he is a fucking magician because he we is. are... I mean, my phone has run out of battery. <laughs> You've had to go and answer the door for a high chair. We, I forgot to do the advert segment. I mean, it's a shit show. But listen, if you're still here, then great. Um, Yay! I am sure that Jimmy has worked his magic, but just I Absolutely. think it's worth a shout out because he does really work hard. Dude, for he kills literally it. Fuck all return. Yeah, um, yeah. So bless him. Anyway, um, Hopefully he's managed to fit a Patreon ad in there. Go do that. That'd be great. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, and there's some good stuff on we there. we can move on to um, Below Deck Med. Below Deck Med. Which I think I was in the middle of saying was um, m- moving on to happier things. But actually, uh, it's quite intense over on the Mediterranean, isn't it? Oh, man. It's almost like coronavirus hit early on this boat. Everything I, that could fucking go wrong has gone wrong this season. I it's it's been a lot. And I mean I think we should start let's just get this out. Like I think we should start with Robin Jess. Yeah. Because I feel like while I have the energy to deal with it all, let's do it. Yeah. But this it's not going well, is it? <laughs> no. And I mean I hate to say this about another woman. But I feel like Jess is being ridiculous. Like, the game playing with Rob is really starting to bother me. Like, I'm mad. You need to leave. Oh, I'm sad. Why did you leave? And it's just like, well, what the fuck do you want him to do? Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'm not, he's no better. He does the exact same thing, but it's just like, this is a three week relationship. Yeah. I feel like they're a very bad match for each other like obviously the physical shit's there but I think they're both possibly a little too vulnerable and I don't want to use the word damage I'm trying to think of a better word because shit traumatized maybe I I don't know I think they're carrying too much baggage each absolutely this to be a particularly healthy relationship and I'm not sure that either of them Rob maybe actually and I do see more elements of maturity in Rob where he is like putting boundaries down and protecting himself even if it's done a little bit awkwardly awkwardly and inconsistently but Jess is like this vibrating mess of fucking 
conflicting feelings. And I listen, I mean, I can relate to it. There are times in my life when I've been there, but it's not healthy. And she is self-sabotaging this relationship. A hundred percent. I feel like their traumas push each other's trauma buttons. Yes. And that's that's where it's exploding. Like they both kind of have very similar traumas, but in different sides of it. And I think they both want this to work so bad that it's also triggering a lot of the crazy. And let's not forget, they're literally living in a two foot by two foot space. I mean, I can't even imagine. No, and let's give a shout out to the rest of the crew that after a night out, they all had to be part of that fight. Well, during the night out, after the night out. I mean, it's just everywhere they go. And it's sucking the life out of the boat. And I think, you know, I think Aisha's been this breath of fresh air, but she's almost like, you know, the superhero that's kind of holding out the force of good. But the force of power of bad is like pushing her (laughs) right back. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And there's just not much else that she can do. And I feel for her because she's obviously really homesick and she just doesn't need any of this fucking drama. No. And she definitely doesn't need some fucking asshole making her cry and then telling her to turn off the waterworks. I mean, listen... I've been waiting for an excuse all week to vent some of my fucking frustrated pent-up anger. And I could have done it on Michael Darby, but because he's not on the show, I feel like there's only so much I can say about him. Yes. But I'm here for it with Tom. And I'm just ashamed that he's one of my countrymen. But the way he treats Aisha in this week's episode is absolutely not... It's like... I, I, It's almost like watching him just kick a fucking puppy. Yeah, 100%. It's not okay. And... I said to you, I was like, he's an asshole. And and even in the pre-production meeting, I was like, you know what, though? I do think he's a chef asshole. Yeah. And I do. I do think he wouldn't behave like this in a situation beyond being in the kitchen. I 100% agree with you on that. However, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, even if I say I'm right, let's just say I'm right. If that's the case... Then there is, and you know that you can handle this shit better when you're not, there's no excuse for you treating anybody like that. He would, I honestly don't think he would treat anybody like that if they weren't in the kitchen and he wasn't the chef. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think he's just a mean asshole and would just go around calling, you know, telling people to stop crying And just because he's in a position of power, and I think this is what it is, and I've only just realized, but I think that there's this position of power that he has when he's in the kitchen as the chef, like, this is my fucking domain, and I'm going to fucking run this shit like I will, and I can talk to anybody how I like. And I think that's how all chefs are, and it doesn't surprise me he's like that too. No, it doesn't surprise me either, but it just, it fucking enraged me. When I watched that, like, well, and also because it was really demeaning on a misogynistic level as well. When 100%. he said, "Oh, don't start with the waterworks." I mean, I posted that picture on Instagram yeah. stories. I was, I think this is what men don't get that it's not misogyny. Isn't that you're a flat out wanker and you beat your wife and you don't let her out yeah. the house and she can't work and she does what she's told. I mean, that is obviously misogyny. But right. it's also, <laughs> just to be clear, just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. But it's also these like mini microaggressions that you have where you use these stereotypical traits of women against them as if to imply right. that they are weak and incapable of dealing with situations. Like you made her cry. That's not her weakness, you cunt. It's no. your weakness. And right. just because you feel like a dick, now you're going to behave like that. It's just, I was infuriated. Well, and it's not even like Aisha had anything to do with any of it. No. She didn't go wake him up. She wasn't the one asking for cucumbers. She just happened to walk into it. Nobody had asked her to make the cucumbers. It was fucking cucumber. I mean, from Tom's point of view, I'm like, okay, fine. But also, you are the chef. Like, just get up and slice some cucumber, be done, and go back to bed. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, and let's be real. It's not like you were in there taking a nap. You're in there messing around with your girlfriend. True story. Like, you weren't sleeping. No. And then when Aisha, they 
comes back and she they've asked her for avocado she goes into the fridge to get the avocado to do it herself because that's what tom's just lambasted her for and saying why can't you just fucking do the cucumbers yourself so they yeah. ask for avocado she's like fine i'll fucking do it myself and then he lays into her for that as well and i just thought fuck you and the fucking horse you rode in on yeah it's not cool. It's not cool to treat anybody that way, especially Aisha, who has been such a positive force on this boat. Like, I, I don't think she cried cry. because of him. I think it was just like the last straw, right? Like, right. she's really homesick. He was a massive wanker. But even if she had cried just because, yeah. Of, like... Yeah, no, fair enough. He bullied her. Like, he was awful to her. And it is this, I do, I think it's yachting. I think it's chefing. I think these are, like, really male-dominated industries where when the pressure's on, this kind of behavior happens. And I've really felt Vaishan. She's just done nothing but try and be a force of good. And instead, she's just got this fucking backlash. I don't think... And she never got anything like that in the previous season. No. It's not okay. No. And, you know, there are... Did you say that there were there was chat that Tom and Malia weren't together anymore? Yeah, I feel like we got a message from one of our listeners on Instagram who said that the word on the street was that Malia and Tom had broken up. But you said you couldn't find anything, right? I mean, I did a brief, I did like a brief look. Yeah, yeah. I sort of read half an article. Maybe they We'll dig some, we'll dig some deep. Even if they are, I think if I was Malia, I would have looked at that episode and gone, you're a twat. Yeah. Like, how dare you fucking talk to her that way? No. Like, she didn't even talk to Pete that way, who pretty much deserved to be spoken to that way. Yeah, she wouldn't, I don't think she'd find that sexy at all. So, no. um, I I hope they're not together anymore. But, um, But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But I feel for Aisha and I, how many, how much do we have left? Maybe one charter? I think maybe one or two. Yeah, I think one charter. So probably two episodes left. Okay. Well, I just really hope that Tom pulls himself together. I hope he apologizes to her, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, should we move on to our uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I think is going to be a fascinating season because obviously it starts taping pre-COVID. So we're going to like see the COVID switch within the show. And I think that's going to be interesting. I agree. And it's going to be the first, it's the first show where we've seen that, right? So this will be the first time we've seen COVID invade reality TV beyond having to do like reunions and confessionals. Like, the confessionals, confessionals. have been vir- virtual for, like, The Real Housewives of New York and um, Beverly Hills to a point, too. But, no, we haven't seen it, like, actually impact the trips and things like that. So, this is kind of the first one. Um. So, thank God, Keeping Up With The Kardashians is sticking with its usual format of giving us three very clear storylines every week. Absolutely. So, let's start off with Chloe and Malika. And Malika's pregnant... Um, and no longer with her boyfriend. And I kind of really felt for Malika in this episode. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine. And I mean, she's also dealing with buying her first house all by yeah. herself. So, I mean, like the the financial pressures when your hormones are going insane and you don't have, you know, your partner there to help you. It just made my heart break for her. Me too. And she, like, there was definitely times when she was being difficult, like, difficult and like and I get that but I felt for her every single step of the way and you knew that this was all coming from a place of anxiety from fear and good on Chloe and Khadija for kind of recognizing that and letting her rant and do her thing and behave badly but still like loving her and recognizing that it was coming from this place rather than kind of going stop behaving like a brat she was kind of a brat um but I really feel for her although there was a bit of me that was like when she was bitching and moaning about, not bitching and moaning, that's not fair. When she was <laughs> saying that her partner wasn't around to put the cot up so she'd have yeah. to get a handyman. There was a bit of me that was like, babe, come on. You can build put the, a cot together. Build the crib. Yeah, build though the I will tell crib. you, as somebody who just spent like last weekend taking apart beds, 
I do realize actually how much easier the crib was to put together and take apart because <laughs> we did that a few times. But like the big kids' beds are a fucking pain in the ass. They're the hardest pieces of furniture we moved like the whole time. But I mean, she also has the money to pay a handyman. So honestly, if I probably had the extra money to just pay a handyman to put stuff together, I may do that. Yeah, fair enough. I probably would too. But I agree with you. I think Chloe and Khadija handled it brilliantly and exactly the way I would want my friends to handle me when I would be crazy pregnant ranting. Can we also just talk about how extra that baby shower was? I mean, that balloon walkway must have been 12 feet long. It was it was beautiful. It, it was, was so over the top. It was lovely. Dick crazy. Yeah. I mean, Chloe is I Chloe's my favorite Kardashian, always has been, 100%. probably always will be. She's a sweetheart. I want her to be my best friend. Well, obviously, no, I have you, but <laughs> I'd like I mean, her to be my really Chloe. rich best friend. Yeah, 100%. We could go on trips with her. It'd be, it'd be phenomenal. But what I love about her is she is very down to earth. Like, she is way over the top, but she's yeah. got the money to be over the top. Yeah, but, but I think fundamentally... So caring. Yeah. And loving towards everybody. And, you know, being there for Malika when OT Genesis is not and shopping for baby clothes and telling her what she's going to need. And even if she doesn't think she's going to need something, no, this is something I really needed when I was pregnant. Like, those are who you need around you when you're pregnant. Yeah. You don't need people starting shit and being flaky. No. And you also don't need yes people. And they weren't yes no. people. They didn't sort of go, oh, yeah, okay, fine. Like they told her, but they also did it gently. And they also just let her vent. Even if they're like rolling, they're like, that's what you need. You need somebody who's not going to just tell you what you want to hear. That's going right. to say, babe, you're kind of behaving like a little bit cuckoo right now. But yeah. I love you and I'm going to do this for you. And and I love that dynamic between them. And I think Chloe is right. You're right. I think she's super caring. And I love that she's open-minded. I love that she doesn't judge and this was a great example of all of that shit well and still reached out and invited ot and his mom and like they were at the shower because it was all about malika and i think that's where you see kind of chloe's growth throughout this entire like tristan craziness that happened to her i feel like you can really see her growth where she is able to kind of separate her personal feelings about him about ot to like her feelings about Malika and being like, this is a special thing for her. He needs to be here. I don't know. I love that. I think no, it's I do too. amazing. I do as well. Um, and let's stick with Chloe a little bit because her and Scott carried on the prank that they started last season, which I have to say. I mean, that's some tenacity. It really is. I mean, that was handled brilliantly. I cannot believe, I mean, I think like in our meeting, we were talking about this and you're talking about Corey is like the key to that, right? Like for Chris to really believe that those were pictures of her, Corey had to back it up and he did it fabulously. And I love that she was like, holy shit, like those are real pictures of me. <laughs> I'm just I laughing so because <laughs> there's like, she's in a dumpster puking. <laughs> So this brings up a question. He was like, would she have actually ever done that before? I mean, like she believed these pictures are real. So <laughs> it's like, is there a grain of truth to these things happening? Has she peed behind like a dumpster thing on the outside of a gas station? I mean, maybe. I mean, listen, who, who I mean, no judgment. had to take a while fucking we? We all have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I do. But what I do love is that going forward to the next episode, it looks like Chris is going to get in on it and start pranking Kim, which is just brilliant. And I love pranking, right? I, I, I love, wish I was in a family that pranked. I was going to say, I love the prank culture that this family has going on, that like everybody gets into it and then it can be twisted around. And like, it's just this big fun thing. I think it's great. I think they all have great senses of humor. Um, and Chloe looks exactly like her mom when she puts that wig on. I cannot get over it. Me neither. And it's funny because remember, there was all that thing where she thought she was adopted because right. she didn't look like any of them. <laughs> and she by far looks the most like Chris. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then we also have Courtney. Oh, uh. God. I mean, I mean, we had to suffer through an entire season of Courtney not wanting to be on the show, not wanting to show anything, and who fucking pops up and 
episode one, all about the poosh, which by the way, I'm going to go on a little rant here. Do it. Is goop. It is she goop. wants to be Gwyneth Paltrow. It's budget goop. It's budget goop. They are ripping off the Netflix show that goop did when they were like investigating all the crazy stuff that they had to do. I mean, it, it, it's fucking crazy. Well, you just know that the conversation was, well, I'm only going to be on the show if I can talk about Poosh. I am so bored of Goop. I am so bored of Poosh. I do not care. And I do not. And I also don't appreciate selling fucking bullshit therapy to women who are vulnerable with a shit ton of money to spunk. Just handing it out willy nilly. It's it's a fucking immoral. But this hugging thing is also <laughs> we, like, <laughs> like I'm a hug. I love a hug. Don't get me wrong. I'm a hugger. I'm that person that's like people go in to shake my hand. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a hugger. Bring it in. But the fact that Courtney is surprised that she is kind of a bit cold is mind blowing to me. I was going to say, I mean, we've been reading about this for about you for literally decades. That has been in the press about you. Yeah. This is I not mean, a surprise. That th- She's like, oh, maybe I don't like to... Hu- maybe it- it's like, you think? Oh, gosh. She's I mean, so, so weird. And, and what's even funnier is she's then like, well, nobody in my family likes to hug. And I was like, no, I don't think they just... Coming from you, it's weird. Yeah. Chloe can hug everybody. Nobody thinks it's strange. Yeah. You're the weird one. Kim and Chloe can hug. Yeah. But everybody, but you're, but Courtney, you're the one that doesn't want to hug. You're the one with these weird, like, funny things. Like, right. So it's weird for you to be initiating these, like, creepy long hugs with everybody. And that is weird. Like, that it was. <laughs> Even North thought it was weird. <laughs> I mean, there was so much to unpack. There's literally, if you were a psychiatrist, you could unpack so much shit oh, from man. that like fucking hugging segment. But can we also just say when they, when she brings the hug hugger over to her house and like Chloe is crying with laughter because I was crying with laughter for exactly the same reason. I just love how much of a fucking team player Chris is. She's like, right, I'm here. Yep. We're doing it. You want me to make noises? I'll make noises. <laughs> I mean, God love that woman. God love that. Even if she never did hug Courtney. No, no, she didn't. I'm not sure I would have hugged Courtney. I don't like what leads one to become a professional cuddler. (laughs) Oh, it's weirder when you call it a cuddler. A cuddler. Because that's what they're, that's what it is. I know. I think you're right. And I've been calling a professional hugger, but a professional cuddler. Cuddler. Because it's not just hugging. Like sometimes it's spooning. It's just weird. But yeah, so I feel like Court has been like, fine, I'll do the show, but we're going to do it this way. Only if I can talk about Poosh. Uh, Which is like the worst name ever. Like, I feel like the whole thought process about kind of, quote unquote, like selling spirituality is predatory. It totally is. It's fucking like any pyramids. I mean, it's fucking just bullshit. It's preying on people's illnesses, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities, and it's... I mean, anybody paying a fucking stranger to come and give them a cuddle. And listen, I get it. When they were talking about people who have... Have no one. Loneliness and have nobody. And what did they call it? And I really was surprised because obviously it's nothing that I ever fucking suffer from. But I think it was the opposite of touch fatigue. You know, when they were like... Right. I can't remember what they called it, but they were like people who don't have any touch. I was like, not me. Like... No. By the time I've put the kids to bed, even if the cat comes near me, I'm like, get the fuck Absolutely. off me. Um, yeah. So in that instance, I can get it. Although it still sounds a bit weird that you need to cuddle them. Like, can't you just go and have a cup of tea with them? <laughs> if they're a bit low. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that could yeah. be me being quite British. Yeah, it maybe is a little bit. I mean, I feel like there's nothing more quote unquote Californian yeah. Than like a cuddle institute. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Texas. I don't think that goes down that well there. But no, I think yeah, I don't think the Texans are really into that shit. Um, no. and, I, and I have to say, I'm 
I can't think of a lot that I would necessarily agree with in a general Texan thing, but the yeah. I'm on board with them if me and Texas are against the professional the- cuddler. <laughs> it almost sounds dirty. It's well it it does. It's not it's not great. I think the Texas the Texan version of cuddling is drinking beer in the driveway. <laughs> That's like I knew you were going to say like a six pack of beer in the driveway. That's exactly what it is. But I think bottles of wine in the garden. That's how we show our cuddliness. Well, but I think that's normal. I think if people are lonely, they don't want strangers to come and give them a cuddle. (laughs) I think they want somebody to come over with a beer or a cup of tea and a jammy dodger and have a chat about their day. (laughs) I think that's what lonely people want. They They just want friends. They want a couple of people to have a chat with. I don't think they want somebody getting up in their personal space, giving them a cuddle. (laughs) I mean... Please tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. I don't think you are either. <laughs> but I want to hear from people. If, if if you think the lonely, lonelies of the world want random people to go, or maybe not random people, professional cuddlers. Well, hang on. Let's just rephrase that. If you yeah. really think, if you really feel that the loneliest people want to pay a shit ton of money right (laughs) to get a professional cuddler over or whether they'd prefer it if a nice well-meaning neighbor took half an hour out their day to have a cup of tea and a jammy dodger with them yeah i'm gonna go with option b me too i a hundred percent um anyway listen the downside to this is that no doubt we're gonna have to listen to courtney bang on about poosh for the whole fucking season yeah, maybe it'll be a short season, like eight episodes. Maybe. I mean, that it's being still eight said, weeks. we've had a ton of fun at her expense. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, maybe I it's mean, just more fodder for us. There was proper, like, wee-wee laughter there. So, yeah, I cried. I'm, I'm here for that. Um, <laughs> but that is us. That's uh, That's us for the week. And I think it's just these three shows for a little bit. We do have the Minnesota reunion of Beverly Hills and New York coming up. And as I said, we have done the, we're probably going to do Paris Hilton, but that may end up just being for Patreon. So it might be worth getting yourself over there. And for the price of a cup of coffee, giving us, um, you know, just a little bit of love and support. Absolutely. We, we put, we put together some really cool stuff over there. Um, this month we have an interview with MJ from Shaws of Sunset. I'm sorry. What was that Reagan? Do we have like an actual interview with a real life cast member from a real life show? Yes, we do. Uh huh. Just a minute while I just congratulate ourselves for that. Thank you, MJ. Not that she's listening. I mean, she might be, you never know. Uh, But thank you, MJ, for that, because it's great. We've got you, um, your interview up on Patreon this month. So if you want to listen to that, uh, not listen, read that, then you'll have to go and pay some money, I'm afraid. Yeah, but not too much. It's it's actually, it's not too much at all. It's very, very reasonably priced. It is Um, very. But we do have we have the Real Housewives of the OC starting back up here in a few weeks. The Real Housewives cool. of Salt Lake City will be coming out in December, so or oh. November. We've got a we've got a few months, but that is on the horizon. So we haven't got a few months. That's like literally eight weeks away. Oh God, the Christmas countdown has begun. You know they already have Christmas trees up in Costco. They have Halloween costumes and Christmas trees. Ah. Uh, I can't, I can't think about Christmas. I mean, to be honest, we don't even, I mean, Christmas might literally be cancelled. It might literally be cancelled. Yeah. We were talking earlier, I was saying that you, in the UK, we're sort of, that everybody's on the bandwagon about how we're going into a second wave. And I sort of said to Reagan that we were going into our second wave, but America was still committed to riding its first wave. Still riding that first wave, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We don't let up. It's such a clusterfuck, isn't it? Oh, man. Listen, whatever happens, you yep, know that we'll we will be here. be here every week bringing you the best and brightest in your car. You're going to be in your car for the next four months. Not I actually. will be in my car until next year doing she's, the podcast. Just to clarify, she's not living in her car, but she no. is podcasting in her car because the size of her house has suddenly gone from like 67,000 square feet to about six square feet. 
Yeah, we're, we're uh, all living in the basement now, and we record this during the weekend, so if we won't get kid-bombed if I'm in the car. And apparently it provides good acoustics, so we'll see. Yeah, Jimmy's very happy about this. The only downside is that if he starts telling me that I have to start recording in the fucking car, it's not happening. Nah, no. Um, but listen... Everybody have a great week. I hope that you are staying safe and that you are watching lots of reality TV and we will see you next week. But in the meantime, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.